Thank you for joining us for episode three of The Herald. This is Brendan Flanagan. This podcast series is designed to really cut the scripture straight and get to the point. What is God trying to tell us through the Holy Spirit-inspired writings of his apostles? And that's what we continue as we go through the study of the Gospel of John. And today, we're coming to the exclusive nature of Jesus Christ. We can't think of him as a good teacher or providing us a bunch of nice sayings. Jesus Christ claims to be God, and this is exclusive. He says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Bold words, if he wasn't the Son of God. Thanks for joining us as we study the Gospel of John. Welcome to the Herald, your weekly verse-by-verse exposition of the Scriptures. This is Brendan Flanagan, and today we're going to be continuing our study in the Gospel of John. Last two weeks, we looked at John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31, coming to understand the purpose of the Gospel of John, the reason he wrote the Gospel, so that we will come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we will have life in his name. And then we further looked at what is life that John refers to, often called eternal life. What is this Zoe, abiding life in God? What does it mean? Where does it come from? And how does it affect the Christian? We saw that the source of Zoe is Jesus Christ and the Son of God. Knowledge in them, hearing the word of Christ. We know this from Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We talked about the essential elements of hearing. It's not mere listening, but it's comprehension coupled with obedience. This bears fruit of eternal life. So now as we continue our study, before we go to John chapter 1, verse 1, which is critical, which lays the framework for the divinity of Jesus Christ, I want to look at John chapter 1, verse 18. This is the so what of the entire gospel. For life in God, life, eternal abiding life, is promised everywhere in this culture. The postmodern culture. A relativistic world which promises truth, which promises abiding life in everything. From a new car, to cigarettes, to jeans, we can find abiding life. And this is the same promise of the Bible. The Bible promises abiding life in God. But so what? Who cares? We can have life wherever we desire to find it. But this is the rub with the Christian gospel. For the gospel itself claims exclusivity. Jeans work great with sneakers. A car works great with gas. So we can combine all of the things that we like to provide the life that we like. But with God, with Jesus Christ... He is the only way to God. He is the truth. He is the singular path paved to a relationship with the perfect, heavenly, 
only God of the universe. And that's what we're going to look at now. For in our relativistic culture, Jesus Christ is not another idol to put on our windowsill, not another card to slip into our wallet. No, Jesus Christ is exclusive. And there's a reason for this, and that's what we're going to look at in John chapter 1, 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. The only begotten God in the bosom of the Father is Jesus Christ. This unique perspective is allowed only because of the divinity of Jesus Christ. And we see that in John chapter 1, verse 1, where the word was with God. The word is in in a unique, intimate position with God. And we know that Jesus Christ is the word made flesh, as John also expounds upon. So Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, is at the bosom of the Father in a unique perspective. A perspective not gained by the prophets, not attained by Moses, not possessed by any man. This position, this perspective, allows a unique feature of Jesus Christ. A feature so unique that the very promise of eternal life can hang on this feature alone. And that's what we see at the end of the verse, 18, chapter 1, the gospel according to John. It says this, He, Jesus Christ, has explained him. This word lacks power in the English, but in the Greek, it's where we get our English word exegesis. It means a full and complete explanation. It's also used for leading out of. So a man could lead a a party of people out of the forest into the field, and that's really what Jesus Christ does. Jesus Christ takes us out from the trees of the prophets, takes us out from the brush and the shrubs of Moses and Abraham, and takes us out into the plain where we can now turn around and see the great forest that composes the scriptures. We can see the complete and full picture of who God is. That's why there's no necessary revelation outside of Jesus Christ and what he imparted in unique, distinct power to his apostles. The book is closed in Revelation. Any other religion that claims, whether it's through tradition, whether it's through continuing prophecy, or whether it's through new books, is defaming the unique and singular position as Jesus Christ at the bosom of the Father. He has explained him completely. There's no further explanation. You cannot complete the explanation of Jesus Christ anymore. It is finished. It is done. This is the understanding the Christian must have as we now continue to read the gospel and as we continue to face the world. And this is an affront to the unbeliever. Maybe this is an affront to you, the listener. Jesus Christ explains God completely. Life in God does not exist apart from Jesus Christ or the explanation that he provides through his words. And we talked about this last week, hearing the importance of hearing, how it aligns our will with the will of God. It also aligns the heart of the unbeliever with God. And we know this from Romans 10, 17. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So the word of Christ, who explains God completely, aligns the Christian heart with God and convicts the unbelieving heart to look to God and repent to look to God and trust in his only begotten Son as Lord and Savior. That is the power of the explanation of Jesus Christ. It's complete, it's full, and it satisfies God. 
And there's another element about this gospel. There's another element that confronts a relativistic culture which says, I have my truth and you have yours, so all of our truths will work together. But Christ is not a part and parcel God. He is the only way. He is exclusive. This is what we read in John chapter 14, verse 6. Let's go there now. John chapter 14, verse 6 reads this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Life in God is exclusively provided through Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the only one that has explained God completely. Jesus Christ has reconciled the shadows, illusions, and visions of the prophets to complement and perfectly rectify God's holiness. The picture of God is understood by man. So this is the power of Jesus Christ. He's explained God completely. He has now destroyed the truth of this world. He's destroyed the wisdom of the wise men. He's destroyed the philosophy of the philosopher. He has established upon his deity and unique perspective a full and complete picture of who God is. More so, Jesus Christ is the only way to God. He is exclusive. Men cannot pave their own path. They cannot climb a ladder to heaven. Perhaps now in this world we see rungs and so we begin our journey. But upon ascending beyond the clouds, we will find this ladder is incomplete. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. We cannot get there upon our own intellect, our own reasoning, or the workings of our own righteousness. All of this, Paul says, is dirty rags, and upon our judgment, we'll be thrown out. And we will be judged upon our relationship in Jesus Christ. Does it exist? Or shall we be judged upon our works, which are unrighteous apart from Jesus Christ? And what's the result? What's the result of accepting the testimony of Jesus Christ, believing that it's full and submitting to his name? What's the result of coming to the belief that truth exists exclusively in Jesus Christ? The result is this. The result is that we can call God Father, Abba, and that we now become sons and daughters with him. We have an eternal inheritance in heaven which allows us to be divine partakers in the nature of Jesus Christ. In heaven, we come under the perfection of Jesus Christ. We come alongside of his perfection and rejoice in the work that God has done in him. For we are but fallen men, and in the flesh we have nothing but iniquity, sin, and depravity bound up within us. It is our DNA. But in Christ's exclusive gospel... He severs what is our nature and gives us a new heart, gives us a new being, a new mind, and a very new identity based in him and looking to reflect the holiness of God. Over the weeks, we've discussed the two essential elements of the gospel, a life in God, exclusively provided by Jesus Christ. This is the fulcrum and the lever. This is the bow and the arrow. This is the ship and the sail. But what powers a life in God? What enables an exclusive gospel 
to change and transform our hearts. That's what we're going to be looking at next week. And then we'll be getting our study into John chapter 1, verse 1. Until then, let's reflect on the fact that this gospel inherently confronts the world. A world of many truths, a world of many religions, and a world of many lies. This is a singular truth, and it claims dominion over the minds of men. Thank you for joining us. You can get our full podcasts and other episodes of The Herald on brendanflanagan.com. Have a great week.